Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling one of teachers' biggest problems, and that's how to find work-life balance amidst all the craziness that is just a natural part of teaching. We're focusing on overarching principles and productivity tips that will help you get everything done without letting it take over your life. Last week, we talked about six big principles that will help you save time, increase productivity, and finally find balance. If you missed that, you'll definitely want to go back and check out that episode. These are some big principles that you can apply to almost every aspect of teaching and also just even your life. Today, we're going to dive into a specific piece of that, and that is how to reduce distractions and disruptions during planning periods so you can actually get work done. If you're like uh, most teachers, you have understand the sad reality that planning or prep periods um, often are anything but. Um, I'm sure this has happened to you. You know, you have a crazy day. The kids walk out the door to, you know, you have, and you have a free period or special. And so you finally sit down to get something done. You check your email and find a complaint from a parent. So you deal with that. By the time you're done dealing with it, half your time is done and you haven't even checked anything off your list. So you say, okay, I'm going to buckle down and get started. And here comes a student in to ask you a quick question. Uh, Five minutes later, you dive back into into your work, only to be distracted by a funny text from your friend. You really needed a laugh. It's been a tough day. So you enjoy it. Text back. Okay, back to your papers. You grade one and bring the bell rings and the kids start pouring back in. You sigh and stand up. You felt like you were working the entire period, but you pretty much have nothing to show for it. Does that sound familiar? Um, These types of planning periods happen all the time for teachers. It's just so easy to get distracted, and there's so many disruptions that just are a natural part of teaching. But what we need to learn how to do is how to reduce these disruptions. Maybe not every time. People do are going to need to come talk to you and everything. But there sh- we should be able to create a, um, a more focused working time when we need to. Okay, so this might not be every single planning period. But you should have at least a few of these a week where you are very intentional about reducing the disruptions and the distractions so that you can actually get something done. And before you say that is impossible, let's talk about nine specific things that you can do to make sure you actually get something done during those planning periods. All right, first thing you need to do is make an appointment with yourself and carefully guard that time. Okay, what does this mean? Well, if you imagine, if you had an appointment with a parent, to meet with a parent or to meet with an administrator during a certain period, if someone else came up to you and said, oh, hey, can I stop by, you know, six period and talk to you, you'd say, oh, no, I'm sorry, I have an appointment. Let's do it some other time. Well, the same thing needs to be true if you set an appointment with yourself. If you say, okay, you know, this Thursday I have got to get this done. I'm going to make this a dedicated planning period. I'm going to set aside this time to do my lesson planning. Then make that appointment with yourself. And if someone says, hey, can I stop by seventh period on Thursday? Say, oh, I'm sorry, I have a prior obligation. 
That is absolutely not a lie. It's absolutely the truth. You have a prior obligation with yourself to get this done. So guard that time. Um, Don't let anything intrude with it. It's okay to say no or to push off appointments to another time. So number one, make appointments with yourself and guard that time. Number two, do not check your email during these dedicated work times, okay? I actually, you know, when I was teaching, I always had my email open and I checked it all the time. And um, it worked for me just because of the way I had my workflow. But if you're finding that email is distracting to you, and more often than not it is, then I would recommend not having your email open on your computer, okay? Just close it out. And then just plan, you know, I'm going to go and I'm always going to check my email, you know, at three o'clock and at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. Plan one or two times, whatever it needs to be, that you're going to check email and that's what you're going to do during that time. But other than that, don't. Um, Honestly, if you get an email, it can wait. Um, In this, it's kind of funny. We've trained people and our society is almost training us like we have to give these instant responses. But more often than not, We don't. Um, I would say if you're checking email at least every 24 hours and you're getting back to people within 24 hours, that is a reasonable expectation. You don't need to get back to people within one hour. And you can simply tell parents that. You can tell your parents, you know, I check my email every day at this time, um, so I'd be happy to get back to you within 24 hours on a typical day. So when you have those dedicated work times, don't check your email. Just check them when you actually plan to check it. Otherwise, you will get completely distracted from what you plan to do by whatever's in your inbox. So number one, make appointments with yourself and guard that time carefully. Number two, don't check your email. Number three, turn off notifications on your phone and your computer. I actually highly recommend this for anything, um, just for life in general. I found that when I turned off most of my notifications on my phone, I only have a few that come in now. I turned off most of them, and it has made things so much easier, to, so much less distracting. Um, if I want to check Facebook, I'll check it, but I'm not constantly being bombarded with notifications trying to get me to check it when I'm in the middle of something else. So I recommend this no matter what, but definitely when you're trying to work, turn off your notifications. Or better yet, number four, use airplane mode on your phone. Um, Airplane mode, basically, you just, that way you have no Wi-Fi coming in, nothing's coming in. So you can simply do that and just basically say, I'm unavailable for the next 30 minutes. If there's a true, if you're, and if that stresses you out, like what if there's an emergency? Just imagine how people lived 20 years ago without cell phones, okay? If there's a true emergency, um, they'll be they'll find a way to get a hold of you or, I mean, in, in 30 minutes, you're going to turn it back on, okay? So it's not like you're going to disconnect for an entire day. So sometimes that's definitely worth it if you're really trying to focus. Number five, another option is to use an app like Freedom to block distractions. So there's all kinds of different apps out there, but I was just looking at Freedom in particular. I'll put the link in the in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast15. Um, but basically, apps like this can make it so you can set, you can go in and choose different modes where you block different websites, or you can even block the internet in general. But let's say that this, some people don't need this, but some of you might just be like, I am so distracted by Facebook. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just want to jump on Facebook. And maybe your school doesn't block it, or maybe it's Instagram or YouTube, whatever it is. You can set it, and you can choose which things you want to block and which things you don't want to block. And it doesn't block them all the time. You can go in and out of freedom mode. So you can say, okay, I'm working now. I'm going to turn off every all these distractions, and I'm just going to focus. And so that keeps you focused for that length of time. 
So let's review. Number one was make appointments with yourself and guard that time. Number two, don't check your email. Number three, turn off notifications. Number four, use airplane mode. Number five, use an app like Freedom to block distractions. Okay, now you're saying, okay, that's great, but what do I do about all the people constantly coming in and asking me questions? Um, well, that's what we're going to talk about here. The last four tips are about that. So tip number six is to shut your classroom door and maybe even put up a sign. Okay, Um, you know, I knew one teacher who would um, shut her classroom door, and then the way her room was situated, she would find a spot in her room where no one could tell she was in there, and she would sit there. It was like right, right by the door, like right behind the door, and she'd sit there and get some work done. You can do that. Maybe you actually put a sign up, uh, teacher working, um, please come back later, Um, something like that. Now, it, it depends on the culture at your school, but definitely at least shutting the door, at least gives an indication like maybe this isn't the best time. Um, and it, what, if you're going to put out a sign or something like that, I, I wouldn't do that every single day. People do need to be able to get a hold of you. Um, but basically, um, if you're able to do that, maybe you would indicate, you know, this is every now and then, maybe a couple times a week you do that to, when you really need to get something done. Um, and then people will respect that more. If you do it all the time, people aren't going to respect it because they've got to connect with you. But if you do it only periodically, then they'll realize, oh, this is important. I need to come back later. So you could shut your classroom door, maybe even consider a sign. Number seven, for your students, have designated times when they can and cannot come ask you questions. So if you find yourself constantly bombarded by student questions during your planning periods, you need to think strategically about that, okay? Sometimes um, there's been times in my teaching that I wanted students to come ask me questions, okay? Uh, Maybe I had a ninth period planning period during their study hall, and I wanted them to be able to come ask me questions. That's great, But but plan that strategically. Do you want students coming ask you questions? or not, and plan when they should. You know, you're allowed to ask, come ask me questions, you know, for 10 minutes after school or during this study hall, whatever it is. You cannot come ask me questions during my fourth period break. I have to get stuff done then. You know, if you kind of just set some boundaries, or maybe it's if the sign's out, I'm sorry, you can't ask questions, you have to come back later. So go ahead and just establish that with your students, that there are times they can ask questions and times that they can't, and they just need to come back later. And it's okay to have those types of boundaries because you need to get stuff done. And like I said, they can come back later. Number eight, Another thing you can do is find a secluded spot to work. And maybe this even means getting off campus if you have a block of time. So um, sometimes in order to get something done, you have to get out of your room. If people are constantly coming by, um, maybe there's a part of the building where no one goes that you can just um, go up and work in. Um, Maybe you're able to actually get off campus and go to the library. If you have a big block of time, maybe at the end of the day especially, um, ask your administrator, am I allowed to go off campus and work in the library so I can actually get stuff done and see if they'd be open to that? And finally, my last tip, number nine, is to do errands at the end of the planning period, not the beginning. Okay, so let's say you have this planning period and you really need to get done a certain task, but then you also have to run copies, step by the office, talk to a student. Plan how much time you want to spend running copies, going to the office, whatever it is. If you're like, okay, I can get all that done in five minutes, then work up until five minutes then go do all those things because you'll have a natural, like you'll you'll be forced back into your room after five minutes because you have to get back for a class. Whereas if you run all those errands first, that five minutes can stretch into 10, 15, 20. It can take up the whole break. We've all had that happen to us. So if you really need to get something done, get it done first and then run all the errands at the end. Let's review really quick. 
Tip number one to reduce distractions and disruptions was to make appointments with yourself and guard that time. Number two, don't check your email. Number three, turn off notifications. Number four, use airplane mode. Five, use an app like Freedom to block distractions. Number six, shut your classroom door and maybe even put out a sign. Number seven, have designated time students can and cannot ask you questions. Number eight, find a secluded spot to work or get off campus if possible. Number nine, do errands at the end of the planning period instead of at the beginning. I hope these ideas will start to get you thinking about ways that you can reduce distractions. If you're listening to this when it comes out in May, uh, I know this is the end of the school year, um, so maybe you want to file away some of these ideas. I'd actually recommend writing them down for next year, but if you're still in school, I'd highly recommend trying some of them now. Um, If you go ahead and put these into your repertoire, you can start to see a difference and start to change that habit. All right, let's end in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for these teachers and all the hard work they put into teaching and just the dedication that they have. I pray that you will please help them um, just to use these strategies to be able to get more done during the time that they have to really just redeem and take advantage of that time and to get the work done at school, as much work done as they can during school hours. Help them to be able to enjoy their time at school and also to enjoy their time at home. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for being with us this week. I've really enjoyed discussing these tips with you. And before we go, I want you to remind you that Angela Watson of the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek has graciously given us, is giving away a copy of her guide, How to Choose a Target Number of Hours and Stick to It. This is an excellent tool to help you put a schedule and boundaries around your time so that you can leave work at work and enjoy your time at home. Get your free copy at teachfortheheart.com slash balance. Next week, we're going to be talking about 25 specific ways that you can save time and take home less work. I hope you'll join us. You can get the notes and links for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast 15. And if you'd enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Have a great week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.